Hello and welcome to another festive Christmas cracker of an episode of History All Year Round. Um, my name is, you know by now, if you don't, happy to reintroduce myself. My name is Douglas Rattle and joining me hopefully is, there he is, Hugh Kennard. Hello Hugh. Here I am, here I am. Hello there. Hello, how are you getting on? Uh, yes, not bad, still above ground, you know, fair to middling, all that sort of thing. Yes, yes, well that's all you can ask for, isn't it, in these troubled times. But you know what, this is also a time of celebration, which is why we've prepared another wonderful Christmas treat for you all. And uh, I thought what we'd do today, uh, Hugh, if you don't mind, is is is, is we're going to get a little... And you're probably not going to like this, but I have a feeling by the end of it you might. We're going to get superstitious. No, 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 I know you react to anything that isn't concrete, like Irish. I just don't, I just don't like to play pretend. It's not pretend, because these were very real Christmas superstitions that were held all around the world, associated with the festive period. Um, I'm not going to talk about ghosts, don't worry. Um, Well, I might a bit, but you know what? I think if you just give me a ghost of a chance, then maybe I can inject a little Christmas spirit into your humbug lifestyle. Fine. Excellent. Well, okay, so I thought we'd shine a light on some of the traditions that maybe have been forgotten or lost by the wayside. In a lot of countries in Europe, especially in the UK and Scandinavia, uh, there was the tradition of burning a Yule log, Hugh. Um, and uh, I thought they were served cold. Well, you see, this is the thing. They are now, but... Because they kept burning them. Well, no, because they're not burnt at all now. They're just served up as a dessert next to the Vionetta. But the point Mm. is, originally, it was believed that the log was an actual log that should be harvested from the homeowner's land or received as a gift rather than bought, you see. And the ashes from the Yule log were sometimes kept as a charm for protection and good luck throughout the year. My father used to do that with a Vionetta. He'd keep one in the freezer all year round. Yes, well, that's the joy of Vionetta. It lasts and lasts and lasts. Now, the interesting thing about this is I wanted to try a bit of this myself to try and, you know, rekindle the traditions, if you were. So I thought I could do this with the bonfire in the garden. So I lit it and I burnt some leaves and some twigs and that old mini fridge we could never shift. And once the whole thing was reduced to ashes, I brought in a large pile of the ash in a wheelbarrow and put it under the Christmas tree. And, you know... My wife was livid, absolutely furious. You've got that lovely rug that was her grandfather's, haven't you? Well, not anymore. Unfortunately, we had to use that to scoop up the ash, and, and after there was a lot of shouting, and uh, some things were said that, that both of us regret, um, and I learned that this is probably a tradition best left in the past. Now, the next tradition is uh, Norwegian, and it's called... Are you ready for this, Hugh? It, ready! It's called Hiding the Broom which is not a precursor to hiding the sausage. which <laughs> So in Norway, there is a superstition that on Christmas Eve, all the brooms in the house should be hidden. And this is done to prevent witches and evil spirits from stealing them and causing mischief during the holiday season. Now, Hugh, we did that one too. And to this day, there has not been a single witch spotted in any part of my house. 
I did think I saw one in the garden once, but actually it was just Mrs. Dalgleish from across the way, you know, the one with the dementia. She just wandered into the wrong garden again. It's very sad. Have they updated this? Have they started, um, like, hiding hoovers? Yes, I believe that in Trondheim, um, it is traditional to hide the Dyson, um, where you would just hide a hoover. It doesn't have to be a Dyson. Well, I mean, like, hoover has become synonymous for any kind of vacuum cleaner, and so, you know, hide the Dyson is the same principle. You don't have to use a Dyson. Any Mm. any vacuum cleaner will do. And they would hide... Hide a Henry, hide a Hetty. Hide a Henry, hide a Hetty, you know. Mm. um, Hide a Miele. And uh, you would put them in the garden, and uh, and then everyone would go inside and forget about it. Oh, and that's that's the Norwegians all over, really. How did they discover that the uh, that the brooms worked? Did they did they like stand there, see a see a uh, see a witch, and then they'd get like a dustpan and brush, hide it, still a witch, that didn't work. Uh, then they'd hide like some cardboard boxes and perhaps some of their flannels. Still a witch. Nope, try something else. Was that the way it worked, or did they just luck luck out quite quickly? It was a process of elimination that took many, many years, during which time Norway was rife with witches. I mean, you couldn't move for them until eventually they discovered through a process of elimination that it was the broom that got them to, uh, you know, uh, sweep away. And, uh, and, and that's why there are no, no witches in Norway. Or brooms. That explains Scandinavian design. It's so sparse because they've hidden exactly. most of their houses to keep the uh, keep the witches out. Absolutely, the Scandinavians' houses are chock full of stuff, but it's all in the cupboard. Mm. Anyway, such good storage. Go on. Talking of storage, there is another. There is a tradition called no cleaning on Christmas Day. Now, this is um, an Eastern European tradition, and in some Eastern European cultures, there is a superstition that cleaning on Christmas Day is bad luck. And this is a belief that stems from the idea that you may sweep away the good fortune that your holiday brings. Therefore, cleaning is typically done before or after Christmas Day. Now, as you know, my cleaner is from Eastern Europe, which explains why she's so bad. Because for her, every day is Christmas Day. Did this uh, did this come up before or after the uh, dishwasher? It was confirmed after the dishwasher. Oh, suspected, be- suspected before, confirmed after, and I see. I'm thinking we might have to let her go. But oh, I know, I know. My eldest has taken a shine to her. He often follows her around the house and offers to pick things up for her, which he's dropped. I mean, I bless him for he's, he wants to be her suitor, um, and I haven't the heart to tell him that she's just not interested in him. Oh, that's sad. I think he has to discover it himself, you know. He has to learn that, you know, no matter how many soiled undergarments you hurl on the hearth, there's only so many soiled undergarments a woman's prepared to pick up. Is is that another Christmas tradition, throwing undergarments on the hearth? It should be. It should be. It is in our house. I'll tell you that. But maybe mm. if we get rid of her, it'll stop. Anyway, um, the next tradition is the spilling of wax, which is an Irish tradition. Of course it is. And in Ireland, it's believed that if a candle accidentally goes out on Christmas Day, it is an omen of death in the coming year. So to counteract this superstition, the candle should be relit as quickly as possible. And additionally, spilling the candle wax is considered unlucky and should be avoided. Now, previously, to counter the superstition, Irish families would sacrifice the family dog and nail the carcass to the front door like some rotting, bone-filled wreath. Fortunately, this superstition has died out, and the dogs are no longer slaughtered and affixed to the front door, or indeed any door. And I think that's a blessing. Mm, uh, um, yes. Now, in Italy, quick stop into mainland Europe, there is the counting the number of gifts. 
Um, and in Italy, this culture is related to gift giving, obviously. It's believed that an odd number of gifts bring good luck, while an even number is associated with bad luck. You see, so in, to ensure good fortune, Hugh, people often make sure to give or receive an odd number of gifts during the Christmas season. Now, this is why I only give one gift to my boys, and they have to share it. Is is half uh, is half an even an odd number? No, they only get one gift. You see, but they have to share. Yes, yes, yes. That's half a gift. Is that? Is that an odd or an even number half? Well, this is the point. You see, we, it was a bit of a minefield, and we discussed it from great lengths because my eldest is so good at maths. He put forward the idea that a half is actually an even number because there's two of them. And so he got me on technicality, right? So the thing is, he's such a magnanimous young man. He now refuses the gift, leaving the youngest to play with it. You know, and I do sometimes find the eldest weeping in his bedroom right after this decision, but that's just teenagers, isn't it? It's probably the cleaning woman as well. He's probably desperately upset not to see her little uh, Volkswagen go, that little cyan beast parked outside in the drive. Oh, it's just too much for puberty, isn't it? Now, the Germans, here we go, they have a tradition to invade another country. No, I'm only kidding. <clears throat> oh, they have a tradition... Donkey. Well, it's true, isn't it? Not every Christmas. That's true. Right. Now, this German tradition is placing shoes by the door, which sounds to me not as much a tradition as more things that we do. But that's the fine line. But I'll tell you a bit more about it. In Germany, the tradition of placing shoes by the door on Christmas Eve, it's believed that St Nicholas, or De Nikolaus, will visit and fill the shoes with small gifts and treats if their children have been good. However, naughty children might find their shoes filled with twigs, coal, or a signed photograph of David Hasselhoff instead. That's also a nod to the house of David, of course, of which Jesus' father, Joseph, was a member, hence having to go to Bethlehem in the original Nativity story. So other Davids could be used instead for this tradition, include um, David Duchovny, David Essex, David Dimbleby, and the artist formerly known as Prince, whose middle name was David. Now, in Portugal, they have the tradition called leaving an empty chair. And it's customary to leave an empty chair at the Christmas dinner table. And this is done to symbolise the presence or absence of deceased loved ones and to invite the spirit of the Holy Ghost to join the festivities. Now, question is to you... Hugh, what would you do if the Holy Spirit actually arrived? Hide a broom. Definitely hide a broom. Exactly. One tradition to fight another. Mm, mm. Now, in Denmark, they have a tradition called breaking plates. Um, just as the Greeks do at weddings, the Danes have a tradition of breaking dishes on the doorsteps of friends and family during the holiday season. Oh, I hope they don't do it near the German friends that they have nearby, because... If they're not wearing their shoes and they're breaking plates by the doors, they're going to cut their poor little German feet, aren't they? Exactly. And in Eastern Europe, they wouldn't clean it up afterwards because it's Christmas. No. But it's believed that the more broken dishes there are, the more good luck and camaraderie will come into the Danish household. It's a way of showing affection and friendship. And today, these plates are all made of Lego for easy clean and reuse. Oh, very clever. And I suppose this came up pre-dishwasher. Absolutely. I do think that most traditions are built around pre-dishwasher and post-dishwasher. I've said it before and I'm saying it you again. You are pushing really this do. angle and I appreciate it. And that you may, we, you may be proved right, Hugh. Lord knows it's happened once before. Perhaps in the future we'll call Christmas dishwashmas. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? To thank uh, the Rumbelows 
for the dishwasher. Yes, and we'll probably find mm. out that one of the gifts given to baby Jesus by the three wise men was it was a dishwasher. Oh, that would have been quite useful, wouldn't it? But I don't think there's anywhere to plug it no, in. No, there's nowhere to plug it in. Animal husbandry centre. No, no, absolutely not. Mm. Now the last tradition is um, telling fortunes with melted lead, which is Austrian and German. Um, and now, in some parts of Austria and Germany, a New Year's tradition on New Year's Eve uh, involves melting small pieces of lead and then dropping them into cold water. Now, these shapes formed by the hardened lead are believed to reveal clues about the future. Now, this is true. For example... Is it true? Is it true, though? Yes, it is. Is all, it, Dougie? All, everything I've said to you is true. Mm. Um, now, for example, a heart shape might signify love. Heart attack. No, oh, yeah, love. Yeah. While a ship could mean travel... Or a machine gun might signify a violent death by a machine gun. So, fingers oh. crossed little Herman doesn't get one of those before his, uh, his, his mutter dinner. Um oh, Christmassy. Yes. So, that's it, really. I've given you a whistle-top tour around the world of the strange and curious traditions that have happened at Christmas, all in the name of blind faith. Well, you've changed my mind. I'm going to hide a broom, smash a plate fill my shoes with toys and uh what was the other thing oh fire 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 the cleaner fire the cleaner that's right merry christmas everyone and a happy new year's melted lead This podcast was produced, written and performed by Adrian McKinder and James Devonshire with music by Mike Jones. If you enjoyed what you heard and you would like to hear some more, you can hear some more where you found this one. Thank you.